Hello, everyone. It is Adrian Chenault, and welcome to another episode of Legacy Leadership with Adrian Chenault. And if you are watching with us, you will know not Tom Chenault because we have a special guest co-host today who said, under no uncertain terms, you are going to let me be the co-host of this show today, <laughs> or I will never speak to you again, was basically the way that the conversation went down. So Elizabeth Larson, <laughs> Chief of Client Success at Contact Mapping, is with me. How are you, Elizabeth? I'm fabulous. I'm on the show with Gina. I mean, this is, oh my I gosh. wanted to be with her. <laughs> you guys so are amazing. The other thing I have to just say, that was the most dramatic opening I have ever been a part of. Big that time. was awesome. That was awesome. <laughs> Talk about jolting me out of my afternoon, yeah. like Get hyped. you know, sitting sitting here in my home office. Like I am hyped. <laughs> here we go. Here we go. So uh, I'm so excited to share our guest with you today. If you have been hanging around with us inside of Contact Mapping for any period of time, you uh, know Gina by extension without maybe realizing that you know her because we run our contact mapping online community on top of the platform that Gina is the creator of, which is called Mighty Networks. And so Gina is the founder and CEO of Mighty Networks. She is the author of an incredible new book about building community that I'm really excited to delve into more deeply on the show today. And this woman has really dedicated her whole career to the importance and the power of building really deep connected communities. And I would say that she saw this long before just about anybody out there. And so Gina, I, I want to start there. You, you really have, you have, you have played in a big way in this space for a very long time. And I would just love to, to hear a little bit of what if you can go back in that history, you know, what did you see that really prompted you that this was your thing, your, your big purpose in the world? Yeah. Well, so first of all, thank you so much for having me. This is so fun. And so thank you for, you know, Rob and Christina, obviously Tom. Uh, and I'm just really grateful for being here. Uh, and and being a part of this conversation. So in, in terms of, of when I figured out that I wanted to dedicate my life to a level of obsession that is probably, if I'm being honest, a little unhealthy um, <laughs> around how do we utilize technology mm -hmm. to create communities that are magical. And for me, I grew up in a community that was present, that was real, that that was was based on not just love and family and friendship and connection, but also on curiosity. I grew up in Cupertino in the in California, where Apple's headquartered in the in the seventies and eighties, and it was a close knit community. And it was a close-knit community where if, if you followed your interest or you had a passion or you had a goal, you brought it into community. That was just what you did. So whether it was my mother with her guinea pigs, um, she raised and showed guinea pigs, uh, or my father um, was, a, was a high school history teacher 
and was a tinkerer, but restored old cars. So we had a Model A Ford, we had a Model T Ford, we had a Porsche, and then his his prized possession was on a school teacher's salary in the early 1980s, um, he restored a very fancy Mercedes 300 SL from the parts. And, you know, we would have never, now again, it was, it, it was a different time in a different place, but, but it was all through community. And I think the fact that my grandparents were, you know, members of the Lions Club and the Dioro Women's Club and, uh, and my father taught in our school district, everything was about community. And it also happened to be from that really rich and fertile soil that this, the, you know, the, the, the technology that we are using right now also emerged yeah because it was engineers tinkering and figuring out how did they want to do new things. And so fast forward a long time and in the early days of social uh, technology, social networking, and I, I make an explicit distinction between social networks and social media. And when all of that came together, I had actually... I was not an engineer. I worked in, in people systems. That was always what really attracted me. How, how does change happen? How does, how does society go from, um, you know, loving cigarettes to hating cigarettes? How does, how does it go? How does society go from, you know, different social norms? Like those were the questions that fascinated me. And so in, in the early days of social networks, everything I had done kind of came together. And I saw at that, in those earliest days, how my passion for community, oh, and I should also add, not only did community help me with curiosity, I also saw what happened in moments of joy and moments of tragedy. Right. So my, it, it was my community when I was 11 and my father was killed in a car accident by a drunk driver that the community came around. And so I, you know, I've always been sort of one parent down. Um, and it was, and, and I almost feel like that gave me an extra appreciation for community outside of just my nuclear family. And when, so now fast forwarding again, coming back to the early days of social networks, everything started to make sense to me. Uh, what I saw was this interesting and fascinating opportunity to utilize technology to recreate and scale the communities based on curiosity based on results, based on transformation, based on being a part of something bigger than ourselves, based on being all of the things and doing all of the things that make us fundamentally who we are. And when that happened, I knew I had found my purpose, which, I you know, I, I think of as, and defined in the book as, oh, by the way, I wrote a book for those of you joining us. Um, <laughs> it's on sale now. It is. Like, We're gonna talk, talk, how is that for marketing? How is that no, for for? for no, I did. I think I feel like I did like a, a decent I, job. Like, okay, I'm coming I, back to to the story. But to me, I have been on a journey to utilize 
a clear intention for my time, my talents, my energy, and my focus to push past so much of what is destructive about technology in this moment in time and into things that are constructive, that are not just positive, but I think about as magical, as awe-inspiring. And we were talking about this just before we we came on, and I'm so grateful, Elizabeth, for your, for your perspective, which is when you are a part of a community where you feel like not only do you truly belong, but that you can be yourself and you can be as ambitious as you want to be and you can be as as frustrated as you want to be and you can be as excited as you want to be and that there is space for all of us to achieve results and transformation together. Exactly. There is there's nothing better. Right. What else are we doing? Exactly. Like I don't know. <laughs> like, like, you got me. Well, like I'm at a loss. I, I and you know you you bring up a couple things. First, in our community we have something we call the BLTSs. Belong, love, trust, and you're safe. So we help people feel like they belong, that they are loved, that they can trust, and that they are safe. I just want to give some people a little bit of background of why Gina is so amazing. Like, I, I'm not kidding. I literally almost tackled Adrian and said, you have to let me do this with her year because it's Gina. Like, she is incredible. And I first uh, became aware of Gina back when she was the CEO of Ning. And Ning sites, I used I used so many of your sites. I built so many communities. Thank you for that. Sites. It's like, and there's a couple things in that that's so amazing. First of all, you had the four vision. Uh, you had the vision of people being able to create these amazing communities. This this was back in the 2000s. I mean, this was this is a long time ago. And so you had the vision of that. The other thing I want to touch on is you were a CEO of a tech company when women weren't CEOs. I mean, this is such an incredible thing to talk about also because that's not an easy place for a woman to get to. It's easier today, still not easy. However, you did things that have inspired so many women on so many fronts. So first of all, I want to congratulate you Thank because you're just an amazing- I'm blushing. <laughs> This is awesome. We but, just missed women Women's History Month, but we're but it's good. This it, is perfect. This is, we're we're leaning in. It's like, <laughs> Adrian, it's like the five second rule. It's fine. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it should it should be. I think we should have Men's History Month, and the rest of the eleven months should be women. The yeah. way we're going these yeah. days. Yeah, so, first five we'll, days in in April, we'll take those two. Exactly. Well, I know we're going to be coming up on a we break. Got two minutes. We got two minutes. Okay, perfect, Gina. When you, you left Lightning, you, you've done a lot of amazing things in your career. Yeah. How did the concept of Mighty Networks and building this area again of community, and you're doing such incredible things there. We use your service. Where did the brainchild of all of this evolve? How did this come to be? It was a continuation. Okay. I, I, I really, um, when we sold Ning, I was not done. Right. I was not done. And if anything, I looked a decade ahead and I knew a couple of things. Number one, that I would have absolutely no sense of timing. I could not predict the future, but I could 
I, I could bet on a couple of things. Number one, I could bet on the fact that there would always be a demand for people being able to have their own private or branded spaces and communities that were their own. Yeah. I knew that that was something that I could bet the next decade on. Additionally, I felt confident that there was enough that I learned from Ning such that I, I, I could predict some things that were really important to build related yeah. to how do we build relationships between members of a community such that we make it more valuable to everybody with each new person who joins and contributes. And so gonna, hold on, we're going to pick that thread back up right. on the other side of the break. You are listening to Legacy Leadership with Adrian Chenault and Gina Bianchini with Elizabeth Larson. All right, quick break. Paul, we were talking about how much we love you behind your back before the show even started. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Thank you, Kim. Paul. Thank you, Heather. Thank you, Lorenzo. Thank you, Dad, for giving up your seat today. Rob, you're awesome. Christina, you're awesome. And we just have the best people, and it's so fun getting to It kind of feels like her. you guys have the best people. Of, you know, I know I'm just a guest here. All right, come back. I know I'm just a guest. And we're back. Welcome back to Legacy Leadership with Adrian Chenault and Tom Chenault with special guest hosts, Elizabeth Larson and the amazing Gina Bianchini of Mighty Networks, who I want to talk about the book on this segment because you are doing some amazing things. And I know we're, we'll pick back up on, on this thread of some of the genesis of, of Mighty Networks sure. uh, on a longer segment because I want to get into a few things of where the future is going there as well. However, you just came out with a, an incredible book. And I want to preface that a little bit by saying that when we first came on to Mighty Networks, and if you want to go check out Mighty Networks in action inside of Contact mapping, you can go to community.contactmapping.com. You can join our community for free and see what this looks like. So we'd love to have you come and do that. But when we were first getting started, one of the things that attracted me is that you all did something that back then was called the Community Design Masterclass, where you did this live interactive cohort-based course, and you, soup to nuts, showed us everything about what it was to create a community. And I love that you have now created your this book called Purpose that is, I think, even carrying that message forward and making it more accessible to the world. And so congratulations, Wall Street bestseller status, a couple of different weeks now, that's huge. Tell us about the book and, and, and what motivated you to write the book having done these courses and some of these other things already. So with the course, the promise is create a community so valuable you can charge for it and so well-designed it essentially runs itself. It is the culmination of years of a front row seat to hundreds of thousands of successful communities and millions that have never gotten off the ground. And so I, I came to community design with a with a question that I was obsessed with, which is what separates communities that are easy and light and essentially run themselves and those that either never quite get off the ground or feel harder than they need to be. And it turns out there's really five things. 
And there's things you can build on top of those five things, but it really comes down to five things. And when I I finally sort of got the, like for lack of a better way of putting it, like the confidence, not like I was feeling insecure. I just didn't think I had anything to offer because I thought all this stuff was really obvious. And then when I realized it wasn't obvious and that I could probably teach it and use our platform uh, at Mighty to do so, the result, I mean, people were were really affected by it. And I learned a couple of things that, for example, if you give people practices, that many of them will take them and make them their own and that they can be really helpful to people. It can be really actionable. And so then I was like, okay, the people that are showing up for this course are like, they've, they, they know the power of community. They believe in the power of community. Can we start talking to more and more people at at you know a a earlier stage in their journey? And what really became clear to me is, um, the best communities and the most interesting communities are populated by people who feel like they have some clear intention. And then if you start to think about like what makes a well lived life, purpose and clear intention actually starts to show up, whether it's in, um, whether it's in story, whether it's in sociology, whether it's in psychology, whether it is in neurobiology, like whether it's in all of these things, the same things show up, which is having a purpose, being a part of something bigger than yourself, being a part of a community. And so I, I started down the path of saying, well, could I build some practices that could help people find their purpose? And if that's all they do, great. But if that journey to find their purpose brought them to a place where they could discover the power of either joining communities or hosting communities, then I will have done something good. And if I could help one person, I, by the way, for some reason, I, I still do this where it's like, I'm like one person, even though when I do both hands, <laughs> two people, um, but, but basically this ability to help people go on a journey that is about them and is about their purpose and creating a future story and building what I, I call purpose 30, which is 30 minutes, 30 days six questions, six questions that are about meditating on those questions, reflecting on those questions and starting with, you know, what are you able to do in the future that you can't do today? And, and when you start to think about that question, all sorts of interesting things can happen. Exactly. So newsflash for all of you. Uh, If you're listening right now, it may not even, by the time this plays on the radio on Saturday, it's Tuesday when we're recording this, this may no longer be true. It is 99 cents on Amazon Kindle to get your hands on Gina's book. Uh, So go do that like literally right now. It's a deal. It's a deal. deal. We're going to take another quick break and then we're going to come back right after this. All right. We are back. Uh, we're going to say hello to some people. Paul is tuned in from the hospital. Oh, Paul, I'm his, sorry. His mom, who he's looking after. What an awesome guy. Thank you so much, Paul. And we just, the, this is what it's all about. And, and I, I love the connection point of 
drilling backwards from successful community to somebody that has their purpose clear. So we're going to keep pulling on that. We're coming back right now. And we're back. Welcome back to Legacy Leadership with Adrian and Tom Chenault. We've got Elizabeth Larson, Chief of Client Success at Contact Mapping, as my guest co-host today. And our guest for the day is Gina Bianchini, who has written an amazing new book called Purpose. It's a Wall Street Journal bestseller. And before the break, we were talking about this concept that the best communities are really developed by the kinds of people who have found their purpose and the community has emanated from their purpose. And, and so the purpose of the book purpose is to help you find your purpose. How about that? Talk, talk, talk about meta. Talk about meta. I, and, and I think I, I just want to, I, I want to speak to that. And, and we were talking before the break, you have a chance right now, go on Amazon get the book while it's still on sale for 99 cents on Kindle. That's an unbelievable right. steal for you. So go and do that. One of the things that stood out to me as we have experienced so much of what not only you have created as an individual, but what the culture of your company has created is that there is, I, I don't know any other way to describe it other than that. There's a, I think there's a soulfulness to what you all are putting out there in the world that is something that I look to emulate, that we look to emulate yeah. inside of contact mapping, both in the community that we've created and in the, the tool that we have created as well. And it comes back to this idea of purpose and, and of having people living out and, and living into their best selves. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I wanted to talk to you about is these, this idea of being a creator or even an influencer, all this stuff has sort of shown up in the world. And there's sort of like this whitewashed version or this sort of like cheapened version of those things that is, you know, it, it is what it is. And then there's a, another sense of it that's people who truly are looking to live out their purpose, who truly are so excited about some topic or sharing something in the world about that's important to who they are that it doesn't, you know, they want to make money because that allows them to be able to keep doing what they do, but they would do it anyway because it's so important to them. And so how do we, how do you as, as someone who is out in front of, of both of those categories of people really mm -hmm. speak into and, and look to kind of call people into their higher selves and then show them how they can tap into that and create from that space? Yeah. So There's one thing that I that I feel very strongly about, which is that as human beings, we are not meant to be audience members or live in a world with audience where where our interaction is audiences. Now, it doesn't mean that there isn't a place for an audience, but it is not core to who we are. Yes. It, it is not a replacement for community. And if anything, when you start with the foundation of a community, your opportunity to build an audience actually gets bigger with less work. And that simple reframing of what are we, what are we doing? Why are we here? How do we manifest uh, our, our purpose, our intention for our time and our talents, I, I think is... I think it's an important question for, for all of us. I also think this is going to, like, this is going to change. Yeah. 
And when we did a creator survey um, two years ago in, in the fall of 2021, what we learned is I think it's, I think the number was like 93% of creators feel like it is taking a negative emotional toll on them. And I also just look at first, uh, you know, another, another thing that we hear regularly, and I'm sure, you know, no, no one right here right now has heard this where we look to a younger generation and we're like, well, they do it. They're on text message all the time. So that must mean we need to do that too. And then you actually look at rates of depression, anxiety, unhappiness, loneliness. And it's like, well, is that a really, like, since when did we decide that we were going to follow 13 year olds and how they interact <laughs> with the world? Right. Like, when did that become something that we are all, like, I always think about that as like Amy Poehler's character in Mean Girls, you right. know, is like the mom, you know? And it's like, no, 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 hang on. So- I was having this conversation actually with my aunt in Cupertino on Sunday night and she was challenging me. She was basically like, Gina, even if you're able to get people to show up at an event because software is working great behind the scenes in terms of helping dynamically host a, a meetup, they, people still have to talk to each other and they're not good at that anymore. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. We have got to figure out for, for, for those that want a society with with structure and 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 also selfishly in our own lives, you know, relationships where we feel like we truly belong, and that there is love and there is acceptance, and you can show up, and you don't have to like turn a camera on and talk to you know a a a green or a red light instead of an actual human being. Um, look, you know, we need to be able to be our like I want to be myself, like I want. I want to have deeper connections, but we all know that there is a difference between the connections that we have with people or in a community where we see, where, where we are loved and seen versus talking to a camera as I am doing right now, as if it is a human being. Yeah. And that's a little bit of a, of a soapbox, or as my husband would call it, that's a wonderful guest lecture, Gina. Thank you so much for it. Really appreciated it. You are, you, yeah, you're great. Uh, and really thinking though about how do we first and foremost think about the things we want to achieve in our in our professional lives, in our you know in our in our businesses, in our networks and networking, which are there are benefits of having an audience, but you do not need an audience first. And I would argue paying attention, especially as the world is getting faster and faster and changing more and more dynamically, starting with what is going to ground you as a human being, what are those practices that you need to be able to look at the day ahead of you and be excited about it? The community then, which is the next concentric circle, I talk about it and think about it as, as, as your, your first community, your current community, your in real life community. And then what is that power that, that again, that rocket fuel that comes from online communities. Right. And then ultimately, how can that expanding concentric circle become how you go after audience? If you start with audience, which is what most hustle culture, 
yep. bros and YouTube influencers and Twitter threaders and YouTube, I'm sorry, LinkedIn carousellers will all tell you, which is you got to start with audience and you got to build carousels and you got to like have like, you got, you got to be like, telling everybody your 75 lessons from being like seven years old and <laughs> right. like, like what you learned as a seven year old, like all of those things, you might be able to get attention in, in a fleeting way, but is only one part of the, of the equation. And I would argue that when you start with community, you are starting with a foundation of rock, not sand. Yeah. So I don't know if I even answered your question, but no, you absolutely. Um, did. I love I love that concentric circles idea. I love. Yeah, I think it's it's going to become even. If I were to make a prediction, I think it it it's going to become even more and more important here, um, as the world is moving faster, as technology is evolving more quickly, as you know the number of black swan events that are only supposed to happen like every century are happening like every month. Yeah. And really being able to say, okay, how am I taking care of myself? Yeah. How am I taking care of my community and my need for connection? Right. And then everything else can come after that. doesn't mean you don't do it. Right. It just means that it has a place that is not front of your mind where everything is like, oh my God, how am I going to have content for LinkedIn? Right. Or yeah. how am I going to have content for my you know, my, my reels or my Instagram stories. I love, or that. I'm sorry, or my Facebook posts. All, all yeah. of it. So I want to add, uh, that's a really perfect segue. And and I'm curious, you know, you being in Palo Alto here, here in the middle of the country, it, the, it fundamentally feels to me like the world has completely turned upside down since November of last year when this chat GPT and all of this AI stuff hit the wire and everything just feels like it, I've never in my lifetime felt yeah. the world, like the world was changing so fast and I'm a pretty technology savvy person and I feel disoriented by yeah. what's going on, let alone people that are, are yeah. less comfortable with yeah. this stuff. And so part yeah. one is, does it feel like that to you being closer maybe to that epicenter or is it, has it, did it feel more expected? And then secondly, how are you thinking about the way that this is going to impact the world for good and, and maybe for not so good in some way right. over the next couple of years? Right. Um, uh, this is now the third, no, this is actually the fourth technology earthquake I have lived through in my life. Um, the first one being the personal computer that, you know, I was young and yet was sitting kind of in the middle of Cupertino. So like we had like one of the first Chuck E. Cheese's and like our parents' friends worked at Atari and had like, you know, Pong, you know, it's like, so we were early adopters of the PC revolution. Yeah. Then obviously the internet revolution happened right as I was graduating from college the mobile revolution happened, you know, 2007 to call it 2012, 2013. I think the reality is that this is, so even before we get to this moment, let me, let me share kind of the things I've learned. Uh, number one, 
is you can't put the genie back in the bottle. Yep. It's true. You just can't. So as much as you want to either ignore it or put your head in the sand or hate it or think you're going to fight it, right. none of those things are true. <laughs> They're just not true. Right. So for me, it's about, okay, well, if that's the case, the only way to actually get the world that we want, the society we want, the results that we want is by diving in. I talk about it with my team. It's like, we've got to run into the burning building. Yeah. And that's not so much for te technology shifts necessarily. That's just for like any problem and, and, and how to, you know, and I'm, I'm sure there's a better analogy, but at least for me, that's like, what's the thing I don't want to do? I don't want to run into a burning building. What is the only way to save lives? Yeah. <laughs> run into the burning building. So, yeah. but, but kind of coming back to technology shifts. Hey, hey, hang tight. Go once ahead. Again. I asked Go you ahead. too Let's big think. of a question. We're going to pick it up on that's the right. other side. We got one last break here. We're coming back right after this. All right. you're, just, you're just too deep. You have like you think too deeply about. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> this is what I love I, about I know, her. Awesome. She's it's, amazing. <laughs> it's great. So we're, I, we do. I, I want to spend the rest of the show on this because it is. It's really important. Yeah. And, and you know, I personally am feeling the weight of it, and I know a lot of others are. And so let's let's spend the rest of the show there. Oh yeah, and I I have some thoughts. Cool. That at Good. least have I think helped my team feel better about this. Okay, um, hold on. Once had these conversations. Back. Yeah. All right, we are back. Last segment, Legacy Leadership Show with Adrian and Tom Chenault. We've got Gina Bianchini, and we have been talking about just the, the tectonic shift that's happened in our world over the last five, six months as ChatGPT has taken hold and, and just how to think about that. So we were talking about this idea that when, when that change happens, you got to run toward it, not away from it. And so let's pick it back up. Yeah, and, and so I feel very comfortable and confident in one thing, which is run towards it, not away from it. Yeah. Now, what this also means though, is coming back to our, like what we talked about in a prior segment, which is in times of rapid change, your practices that you have to ground yourself are critical. Yes. So that you can run towards it. By nature, we are going to have fight or flight. Mm -hmm. And like for the first month, I was seeing it. I was like, oh, all, like all my nerds are really into it. Like, I, I, like, what is it? And then I used it and I was like, this is awesome. This is awesome. And whenever there is an awesome new technology, when more people who are thoughtful and have clear purpose dive into it, you have the best shot at influencing it. Right. When you try to fight it, look look at all, like, like, sadly, look at all of the people who have dedicated themselves over the last eight years to fighting social media. I don't like social media, but you know what? The answer to not liking social media is not regulation or trying to turn it off. It's trying to bring people to, to a better model. Yeah, right. I feel that very strongly. And I say that very emphatically. So ho hopefully that's not, um, hopefully you guys accept me for this. Yeah. Um, so you have to actually provide people a, a more compelling alternative right. 
than the thing. You can't just shut it down. Yeah. And to me, that is what this moment is so amazing. There are a whole set of things that become possible with and I really think about um, ChatGPT as, as my friend Reed says, amplified intelligence, not artificial intelligence. This yes. is not about the robots taking over today. This is about how are we able to do more because we are not bogged down by things that are getting in our way and obstacles. So for example, with communities, how many people who are here right now are like, oh, I love the fact that Tom and Adrian and Elizabeth created this community. I love being a member, but oh my God, it is so much work. I would never do that. I have an idea for a community, but it's just, it's, it's too hard. Yeah. How many communities are that, that the world needs that potential members are waiting for that they are, they are hungry for belonging to something bigger than ourselves, being able to navigate rapid change, being able to build new practices and change habits and ultimately navigate and define your little corner of the world together. But they can't do it because it's too hard. They're not actually good, great copywriters. They don't have A-B testing in place so that they can figure out what messages are going to attract the right people to the right community at the right time. They don't necessarily have a clear sense of, of, of who to start with or how to do things. With amplified intelligence, we have an opportunity to help more and more people get past that. Now, again, that doesn't mean that we've removed all you know, all obstacles to creating meaningful communities in one fell swoop. But by taking advantage of modern technology, we can move closer and closer and closer to a time and a place where software can play the role of fabulous co-host. Yeah. And how many people have been to just that party where you're like, oh my gosh, I'm a little nervous. Like I haven't been to a party in like two years because we were in like a global pandemic. And then like, I was like working really hard. And then I like kind of forgot to like how to make friends with people or like talk about stuff. And I just, I'm not good at it. Like I don't actually like know how to say goodbye. I just like hang up a zoom, you know, <laughs> like what, whatever those things might be. And the reality is we are at a moment and a time where Software is going to do magical things, and we believe it mighty, and I believe that the role we are going to play in this amplified intelligence revolution is to be able to move past social media and to allow for these magical communities to be created because more and more of it can be done by software, by a co-host, so that you, as the host or a member can spend your time building those muscles that have gotten kind of dusty, yeah. kind of rusty around what is it like to be able to show up to something and bring a serve and service mentality, to be able to create together, collaborate together, and the messy parts of people too. But imagine that that gets easier. What does the world start to look like? And what does our social fabric start to look like yeah. if more and more people can be building new relationships naturally and normally, taking full advantage of everything we know that truly has creating, 
created meaningful communities in the past, whether it's through uh, faith, whether it's through community, whether it's through our interest in sports or restoring cars or guinea pigs for anybody who was in the first session, you'll, you'll know what I was talking about. So I, I think that's, what's magical about this moment. Now, Hold if you're jo- one more second, Gina, we're going to wrap up for those of you Fine. listening on the radio. Gina is amazing. Go to purpose.co and make sure you grab her book. You're going to want to know what she's up to next. I promise. See you next week. <laughs> All right, we're okay, hanging out. For... I'm, I'm just going to finish this thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got, and we're then good. I got to go. We're on Facebook. Hang on for Facebook. a minute. Keep going. <laughs> All right, Facebook. When I think about the folks that that should be concerned right now is if your job is building mediocre content for LinkedIn, those carousels or blog posts or or Twitter threads or Facebook posts, Here's the thing. Don't be afraid of the future. Recognize that this is a moment for reinvention Mm. and reimagination. And this is where the very concept and the the psychology and sociology behind this idea of a future story, Jane McGonigal is a, a phenomenal researcher about the future. And when you live in the future, when you, when you practice what does it look like in this new world? You are more resilient. You are happier. You are grounded in the right things. And this moment of radical change, which by the way, it's just going to move faster and faster, becomes an opportunity to thrive. If you spend all of your day reading stories about how everybody's afraid of this and we need to shut it down immediately, you will live in fear of the inevitability of what is happening. And that just isn't a good place to be. We need everybody to be a part of the solutions. And I believe that we will be able to create a better future through truly profound technology shifts. And what I said to my team, and just I'll, I'll, I'll maybe um, share this as a final thought. What I said to my team a few weeks ago, when it really became clear to me that this was the moment where we were going to be able to build things that had been a dream of mine for the last 10 years, very quickly, I said, take care of yourself, first and foremost. You've got to have a set of practices that allow you to show up in the morning and be okay with change. That's so huge. And, and, you know, Gina, this is something that we talk about in our community all the time. We talk about that, that morning ritual. I just got back from Vegas from an an amazing event out there. And they talked about the, the, the three things that you need to think about and you've covered all of them. First of all, the rituals that you're doing, that that's huge. Your morning rituals to ground yourself, to get yourself in that place, to take on that day and be able to handle those things and see vision through them and run into the burning building. The second one was the questions you ask. And, you know, you talked about the questions that you're asking right now and asking of your team and of yourself and your business and of the future. What What is this future going to be? What do I want that to be? Right. And then the third one, of course, was the people you surround yourself with 
And Gina, I can't say enough how thankful I am that you have come here today to be with us in our community, especially since you've been such a big part of us being able to build this community. And I, I just, I am so incredibly grateful for what you are doing in, in, in tackling the AI issue and being able to see, foresee that we need to be a part of the solution of using this in the right ways, not taking this and letting it destroy. And, and just thank you for all of that. And thank you for what you do for women. I mean, honestly, you're an incredible leader and an incredible inspiration to so many of us. I, I've known you since the early 2000s and I am grateful, grateful to, to have learned so much from you. Oh, well, thank you guys so much. I really appreciate you having me today. So much fun. I couldn't have said it any better, so I won't say anything else <laughs> other than thank you. And do make sure you go check out Gina's new book, Purpose. Go to purpose.co, grab it while it's on sale. You will not regret it. And share it with somebody because the world and needs people living into their purpose. Right. Even better, leave a review. There we go. I need all the reviews I can get. Do that. <laughs> I'm doing and it. Thank today. you guys so much. I really Thanks, appreciate Gina. it. Appreciate you. All right. See you soon.